0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, all throughout, and at the end of all that we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Now, grab a cup of iced tea, hot tea, preferably something iced on these hot summer days, Mm. and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast.
0: All right. You know, I was listening to a different podcast earlier Mm -hmm. this week, and it was a 30-minute podcast, and they spent 12 minutes just bantering at the beginning before they even got into the content. Wow. And I thought, do we do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we do 12 minutes worth, but I think we should
0: try today. (laughs) All right. So we're going to do a third of this podcast Mm -hmm. just talking about nothing that we scripted or care to talk about. It's just going to happen. (laughs) So it's been a bit breezier than it is normally today. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And this shirt catches the breeze nicely. <laughs> Mine doesn't. I have like a big screen print on the back of this. And so it just sticks to me. <laughs> yeah. Like paper mache. Uh, it's
0: good for losing water weight. That, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Which my bat could use. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. All right. Here we go. Yeah, we're doing it. Um, would you mind catching us up to speed on what series we're in and what we're talking about, Jace? Wow, totally. <laughs> we uh, We're calling this series...
1: Consumer Christianity versus Radical Discipleship. Yeah, that's
0: good. I was like, I don't know if we um, really had it. A...
1: Yeah, or how to not be a consumer or how to be radical. What we talk about when we talk about Darren Roundsen.
0: There we go. That's <laughs> right. <Sorry. laughs>
1: Thank you, Darren. Um this so I guess 3 weeks ago um we had a guest speaker. That's Pastor true. Pastor Darren Roundsen from Garden Church. Mm-hmm. And in his sermon, he laid out 7 Uh, questions to ask ourselves whether we are being radically discipled by Jesus or just being consumeristic Christians. Mm. And last week we kind of did a intro to that idea and this reality that so much of us do only consume and do not create or what's the right word there? engage mm,
0: engage was the one that came to my mind yeah um, i like that and then we talked about what is
1: my authority how did you did you rephrase it last week
0: oh did i um yeah i think my question was yeah yeah what is my authority is it scripture or is it my personal experience personal experience yes totally
1: and we unpacked that a little bit so mm-hmm. if you missed that go back and listen yeah Um, and now we're moving on to the next few, Mm -hmm. uh, of those questions he poses to us because I mean, I, I see us as a, I would say pretty engaged church, but I know there's always room to grow. And I, just from talking to people and even me feeling like we're this really engaged church, I know this message was cutting or convicting or thought thought provoking. And so I think it is worth unpacking a little bit mm-hmm. um Passionate. and because i'm even from my life so yeah
0: i feel that that was good thanks out of like one out of ten how'd i do <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't intending on grading you <clears throat> okay uh you covered everything so 10 okay good That's job. super generous <laughs> all right um, <laughs> i love it i also don't know how to count is that higher or lower than seven <laughs> um <laughs> That got me. I was expecting that. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, this The first contrast we're going to talk about today is, has Jesus changed my lifestyle? Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe to reel it back just a second, I'll say I like questions like this. Mm-hmm. Are you living in the way of a consumeristic Christian or in the way of a radical disciple? I like these kinds of questions because they can be exposing. Mm -hmm. When we've become numb to the kind of Christianity that we're living, it seems like this is an opportunity for us to use a litmus test to look at ourselves and say, hey, like, I feel committed to Jesus, but how discipled by him am I actually? Totally. Not just, am I listening to... Bethel and upper room worship every morning, well, then that makes me a really engaged spiritual person. Well, maybe it's more than just your Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it is, but that might help. I mean, if you're worshiping anyway, so I like these litmus test test questions. And the first one we're doing today has Jesus changed my lifestyle and what Darren said, the consumeristic Christian might respond To this question, they would say um, that they live the way of the world and choose to consume spiritual goods like podcasts or books or events, conferences, so on. Mm -hmm. The latest Maverick City album. (laughs) Totally. In order to make their life feel more comfortable.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's like it's as if you needed to change your diet but you kept your diet the same, but just added maybe like a protein shake or something.
0: Oh, or like you wow. added
1: some more vegetables cause it might make your life a little bit better,
0: but like so much of your diet is going unchanged. That's an excellent metaphor. I'm glad you said that. Like I'm still only eating Sour Patch Kids for breakfast, Yeah. but at least I do have a cucumber on top of my very heavily dressed salad. Totally. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it, that cucumber must be balancing everything else out, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, I think there's so much self-help now and spirituality. Like my watch tells me when to meditate now, you know, which is weird. Whoa. Like I just think, you know, 10 years ago that would have been, wow. Like that'd been really crazy how much spirituality would be crossing over into just a smartwatch.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: Um, sure. but now there's like so much of this, like, uh, was it like kingdom without the king kind of a thing? Kingdom without the king. And that's great. Yeah. yeah. And so I think there, there are people that are nominally Christian. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in America and my parents, my grandparents went to church and took me to church and I like it, you know, Mm -hmm. but they still will go out, um, on the weekends with their friends and, you know, not look any different from the way their friends are acting or they still have you know these angry outbursts mm. or they are um overspending and overeating and overconsuming all these things um but they listen to Maverick City and they <laughs> they keep up with the yeah the podcasts or uh, whatever just to, or it's like a new you know fun self-help book by wow. whoever yeah. or
0: even just like a you know churchy book Cause I feel comfortable knowing that since I'm wearing a, he would love first (laughs) t-shirt, that means I must love all the time. Mm -hmm. So like I have the merch, so I'm comfortable feeling like justified. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the right thing, but maybe I'm not actually loving the waiter or waitress that took care of me at lunch. Yeah, totally. You don't have the eyes of Christ. That's good. You just have Christ's t shirt. But because I have the t shirt, there's a, an aspect of me as a consumer that feels justified. Mm-hmm. Like I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm repping the merch. Totally. <laughs> I feel like I'm a more
1: active person when I'm wearing Lululemon than if I'm wow, not. Oh, that's good. <laughs> like I'm, you know, look at me. Look like at me fit. Yeah, I'm like kind of fit. This like This shirt doesn't look bad on me. Therefore, I must be active because this is an active shirt.
0: Even if you haven't done a workout at all. Yeah,
1: it's very much just hiding my love handles.
0: Wow, <laughs> and thank heavens for that Lululemon. But you don't want that to somehow numb you feeling like, oh, I've worked out in your head somehow because you feel mm-hmm. athletic, but you haven't worked out. Now you're missing the thing that really is the place where like improvement is yeah. coming. I think that's Mm. kind of Darren
1: phrases consumer Christianity against radical discipleship because I think we've used the term discipleship so much for all the lukewarm stuff, you Mm. know, that like reading this, this book is going to like discipleship in 10 easy steps (laughs) or this discipleship podcast. You could listen to it, this deep waters podcast and not do anything. Um, But you feel like you're doing something, Wow, which is almost worse. Almost worse. May, I, I mean, would, may be I, mean worse.
0: I don't want to be too gnarly, but oh, be gnarly. <laughs> the church in Laodicea, if you're not familiar with that, there's a, there's a place called Laodicea in Asia Minor, I think, which is modern day Turkey. Um, and John, the visionary in the book of Revelation, writes a letter to them that is um, a word from like the angel of the Lord that John, the visionary is seeing, mm-hmm. or Jesus. I think it's Jesus, right? Yeah. With the sword to it, the sword coming out. Of his mouth. Anyway, it's been a minute since I've read revelation, excuse me. But um, basically what Jesus says, if I'm remembering this right to the church in Laodicea is that you've become a lukewarm church, neither hot nor cold. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like in between space, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. Because you're not pleasing to me in either direction, <laughs> which like, Well, Francis Chan, as I recall, took that um, concept and Mm -hmm. wrote a book called Crazy Love that is really wonderful and convicting and Mm -hmm. will challenge you and any trace of lukewarm Christianity that might exist in you. Um, So that's a resource I would encourage. But I I think passages like that seem to imply it's actually better for you to not be a hypocrite yeah. Then for you to even identify with Christianity at all.
1: That's wild.
0: Cause if you identify with Christ, but don't live with Christ and for Christ, then you're just like, you're like bringing shame to the name. Bad as az- bad advertisement, you know? Wow. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm walking around with Lululemon, but I'm really clearly not healthy with my body. <laughs> yeah. Um, I imagine Lululemon would not want me to rep their gear. Totally, <laughs> yeah. So go. I've got mixed messaging going on. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Jesus gets pretty frustrated with hypocrites. More frustrated with hypocrites than with anyone, for sure. In the Gospels,
1: yeah, he has like it. Like that's where his all of his like super convicting calling out mm. comes to. Not to like the people that don't know God, you know, or are far from God. It's like those that know God and are are like tainting
0: the the image. Whoa. Yeah. Brood of vipers. Mm -hmm. Woe to you, Pharisees. You whitewashed tombs. You're clean on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. That's crazy. There's some like harsh words that, you know, you think about Jesus as being so kind and gentle because he is and was, um, but he wasn't without some convicting speech. And it was almost always, maybe always to the hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, that's why this consumeristic Christianity conversation is such an important one Mm because Um, I'm, I'll say that it's not a super binary thing. Like you either are fully hypocritical or not at all hypocritical. It doesn't really work that way. Yeah. It seems like more of a sliding scale, you know?
1: Or like hypo- hypocrisy might sneak in, in parts of mm. your walk with God That's good. or parts of your life. Sure. Um, I think, I think someone who might not know, or have like realized, fully realized their full identity in Christ uh, is much more likely to kind of chameleon in the different environments Mm they're in. So if they're at like their house church, they might, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk, they're a duck, you know, all the things. And if they're at their office, they're kind of a different person, Hmm. which I mean, they're not like marking themselves as a Christian there, but like the inside is not clean. It's good. You know? you're just putting on a facade when you are in the in the church environment.
0: Mm. I imagine it's harder for teenagers to mask this because they aren't as experienced in yeah. the works of hypocrisy. Um but being a youth minister at Riverhouse yeah. um it's interesting there are some of our teenagers that are so I mean, not to like bash on anyone. I love every single one of our teens Mm -hmm. and I'm in the ministry in order to help them figure out this whole discipleship thing as I try to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. Some of them are so integrous. It's crazy how mature some of our teens are. And I'm like, wow, you actually love the Lord with Mm -hmm. your whole heart. Yeah. And you go to public school and you love all your public school friends, even though they're not Christian. And you encourage them to look more like Jesus, even though they don't identify. Like, how Mm -hmm. are you such a great disciple everywhere you go? (laughs) And you're only 15, 16, whatever. And there are other kids that come to youth group and act just as holy. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, word sneaks out. I hear behind the scenes like they can be some of the most gnarly people in their school settings with the like worst... Uh language hmm. and some of the most disrespectful speaking. Um, but you'd never know that on a Tuesday night at youth group because yeah. they really put on the face well mm-hmm. there. And it's interesting every once in a while when I get to see a glimpse behind that mask into who a person is when they're not at youth group. Um, it stings. Yeah. It's disheartening. It's like, mm-hmm. dang, I feel like I've been lied to by you. Yeah, At least show me your authentic self and let's work on it. Um, some version of that exists in all of our lives, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Darren said something like it's, it's so much easier. Um, how did he phrase it for you to just be who you are? Um, but we fall in this habit, especially in ministry, I think to act like we are who other people think we are. Yeah. Is that how he Mm -hmm. phrased it? Yeah. Something like that. But, Every time you're just going to dig yourself into weird holes. If you act like you are someone you're not. Yeah. Even if it's somebody that other people perceive you to be. Um, wow. All that to say, we want these questions to be stimulating and convicting so that they do root out those little weeds of hypocrisy that start to grow. Totally. Huh?
1: That's so good. I, I remember hearing a sermon where he talked about, being filled with the spirit was like being like a cup full of water. Hmm. And like if we spend, you know, time in in a relationship with Christ, our like cup fills up and then starts to overflow and impacting people. But if you're going to um, walk with a cup full to the brim, it changes how you walk than you would with it less full, which I thought was interesting. I also also have heard like if you're carrying a cross, you don't walk the same way as if you don't you know wow so i i like that image because it's like there there had there needs to be a, f- a visible change you know and i think if you try to put the cart in front of the horse and make those changes before the heart is changed that's where we get religiosity <sighs> and that's where you get pharisees even that are just mm-hmm. doing the things but their their insides have not been changed wow and so I think it's, it's this balancing act of spending time with the Lord, setting up spiritual disciplines to, you know, mature yourself and letting, you know, your relationship with Christ change you so that you look different, that there's fruit, that they're, you're walking different.
0: I love that.
1: I've always loved it. That was it, like, he, like, it was like right at the end of a sermon. It just like totally like capstone the whole thing off.
0: Was that Darren? Who was that?
1: No, this was uh, when I was at the World Race. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Someone wonderful, probably. Yeah. South African. Great accent. Oh, we love, love South wonder. Africans. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> River House, especially, mm-hmm. it seems like. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's a lot to chew on in all of this. a handful of different directions and maybe it's just worth asking this other question. Yeah. Are you living the way of the world choosing to consume spiritual goods? Living the way of the world? It's like easy to see the way that the world does something and just start to mimic it, become like it because of social pressure and mm-hmm. we do it subconsciously. Yeah. For some reason I'm thinking about the water cooler at a cubicle yeah. office, even though that's never been me. Um, <laughs> but like you go to the water cooler and you're filling up and there are two people that are there already. And they're talking like pretty, pretty inappropriately about a particular person. Yeah. And that like gossip or slander for whatever reason, it feels easy to just slide oh, yeah. into mm-hmm. that's the way of the world are you walking counter to that? Imagine you go up to them and, and you actually start speaking honoringly of the one that they are slandering. Yeah. So to like cut against the grain of the world and maybe even call your coworkers higher. It's so hard to That's imagine hard. every realm in our lives that are more influenced by the world than by Christ because discipleship is so holistic. Mm-hmm. But, I think that's the journey, you know, is gradually reforming more and more of ourselves by the grace of the Holy Spirit to look more like Jesus. Yeah. Um, And then instead of living the way of the world, the way that Darren Rounds put it is we should live the way of Jesus and choose to make other disciples. Mm -hmm. He found that to be a critical enough point that it was worth putting right there.
1: I think something he talked about was in the act of making disciples is going to re like rewire the ways of the world in yourself Mm. too, Mm. because to make radical disciples, you have to start affecting the world around you Mm. in a way. I mean, hopefully in a way that looks Christ-like instead of the world affecting you in a way that looks worldly. Whoa. So it's like, it's kind of flipping that on its head a little bit. I'm seeing. That's great. And I'm like, I mean, I think one thing that I've realized since Darren left, it's like, we need to live the way of Jesus and we must make disciples, you know? Hmm. I mean, we're all, it is a choice. Like we do need to choose to, but it's like, and we must choose to, you know, <laughs> it's like we, like we, like we're supposed to, mm-hmm. I think if we're not, we're missing it. And I'm talking to myself here. I haven't been actively making disciples, Wow. you know, in, I guess in the framework in my head. Sure. I'm sure of some, what it, means to, of make what it means to make a disciple. In, Which like, I, long think, relationship.
0: I think that's important, maybe even for us to stop and consider, like, what are easy ways that we drift into something that could feel like discipleship or is discipleship, but just in a really small way, hmm. um, like going and getting coffee with someone that you see every six months and you catch up in, on life and that's good. You're encouraging each other, um, but you're not really living life together. Mm hmm. What the Lord has deposited on me isn't really rubbing off on you because we're not experiencing each other enough. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a glimpse of what discipleship would look like, but there's there's missing like life-on-life intentionality. And I love that at the end of his sermon when Darren was with us on Sunday, he shared, well, not this past Sunday, but whatever Sunday that was, mm-hmm. um, he shared... I want everybody in this church to just find one person that they feel like they can invest in. And I think that's super attainable, whether you are, I don't know, a single parent or a mom with multiple kids or work a full-time job in the marketplace, like whoever you are, I think you can very reasonably find someone to intentionally pour into Mm -hmm. to help shape what their life looks like and find that in the process of discipling, you become increasingly discipled by Jesus. I think,
1: yes, I think that's so true. I'm also thinking that we need to also have mentors in our lives to be discipling us Hmm. because we are physical beings. Hmm. And I mean, Christ will do an amazing work in us, but I also know that, that that God is moving through us as humans And I think that's like a huge reason for mentorship to have a mentor above you who is, you know, in Christ, you know, molding you like on a Potter's wheel Hmm. and you are to do that to someone else as well. But we, because we're physical, you know, I just, I don't think, I, I think times when someone who has only been discipled by Christ tries to disciple other humans, like it does, like it, it doesn't work the same as if you've had like a mentor who is discipling you. That's good. I don't know. I'm like actually pulling this out of thin air. Oh. I don't know if this actually like. <laughs> I think Darren I, said some things. Did along he say something? I'm like,
0: because I'm kind of yeah, just making this up. It yeah. Feels like, but well, it makes sense fun. in my head. Well, praise the Lord, because I think you're really onto a lot of the same stuff. I'm. Okay. I know that Jordan Werner has a spiritual mentor. Is that mm-hmm. what he calls him? Spiritual director. I think is a word that he yeah. uses. Um, But he meets with a handful of people that invest very directly into him. And I know Darren Roundson's the same way. Uh, A lot of the people that I most look up to have at least one person that is intentionally pouring into them, Mm -hmm. regardless of how old they are. Yeah. You know, it's not like you evolve into some level of adulthood in your discipleship. And then you just don't need anyone to help disciple Mm -hmm. you anymore because it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, Unless, I don't know, maybe there's something about like that elderly sage in Christ who has actually reached like the pinnacle of discipleship. Like mm-hmm. I picture Henry Nowen before he passed away. <laughs> totally. <laughs> maybe there really isn't anyone around him that can disciple him, but even still for him, there mm-hmm. is because community, yeah. it's like at least be surrounded by people in your peer group. But I mean, and that's for... like
1: I think that's also at the end of his life too. <laughs> totally. I have to imagine that he had spiritual mentors and and disciples up to that point. That you know, slowly you become the elder, right? And and hopefully by then you have let the Lord shape you enough through those people mm. that now you're able to to shape in wow. as pure of a way as we can, as pure of conduits mm-hmm. as we can be as humans.
0: I'm wondering if you perceive this, Jace, as pretty countercultural. Because I think, well, from what I understand about other cultures and especially older cultures, the elder was the most respected one in the whole community. Oh, yeah. With the experience of life behind them, the elder was the one that, I mean, there's so much respect due to your elders in languages like Spanish that there's a whole different way to conjugate verbs when you're Mm. talking to someone that you are to respect. You call them usted instead of to. Mm -hmm. And that in Spanish. And that's amazing that they're like, that's baked even into their language, that honor. And yet I feel like we live in a culture that really idolizes youth. Oh, for sure. And glorifies it so much so that when you get older, it's like, I'm, I'm no longer in my prime. Like I've Mm -hmm. missed, I'm behind my best days Because I don't have this like youthful energy, and my skin doesn't look the same way that it did when I was, you know, 22 or whatever. Um, I wonder how much that culture invades our sense of needing to be discipled. Yeah. And now we just, I mean, I hope this isn't offensive or too hard, but now, now we put the people that are our elders that have some of the most wisdom to give us. In homes where we're not interacting with them very well anyway. They're like not even super engaged in the public life because the public life has been created around efficiency and hurry. And it's just not convenient for them to live in our midst. I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, I've, I've I've had, I've had these thoughts before too. I think it's an
1: incredibly good point. And I've always thought the fact that we relegate our elderly to like their own little place where we don't have to take care of them. We don't have to do all this stuff Mm. is an incredible detriment on our culture. Mm. I mean, I'm spending time around the world. That's like every home it's like, Hey, like, you know, this is me, my brother, this is my mother, like living in the same place, you know? Wow. Yeah. And they like, they just care for their families in a different way, which I mean, it depends on, I'm not saying if you have put your, parents in a assisted living that you're not caring for them because right you can do that in a good way in a bad way you know um totally but we do discredit the elderly and i think even like the whole like boomer uh oh like joke that has come up the past few years is like is kind of sad because it's like oh it's like that's it's making fun of anything the uh, like the older generations do. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of um, kind of the progressive culture now says if you are old, you probably have old fashioned thoughts, and therefore should not be at the table at all. Wow. You're probably part part of the biggest problem in our culture, Fascinating. and have no th- nothing to give. Wow. Which I mean, honestly, that might be. Partially true to some extent because their parents and their parents and their parents didn't value elderly either. You know, interesting. So it's like sure. I'm like well, maybe we're not becoming better people, but as we get older, you wow. know, as we should be, because we've for three generations have discredited the elderly and said youth is the the goal, the end all be all, which is crazy because youth is always behind us. Right. It can't be the end all be all because it's the beginning. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> it's the beginning all be all i'm gonna put that on Um, (laughs) t-shirt now i'm feeling convicted that we're both 20 somethings having this conversation and we don't have like someone who's gray-haired true (laughs) we need we need someone silver and wiser than us i'm part of the problem (laughs) well it's good you know i think i'm part of the problem with all of these things Oh yeah. I have been discipled by people, but am not currently being discipled by someone. And when Darren was here, I felt a lot of conviction around that. I need to have someone discipling me and at least someone that I'm discipling. Mm -hmm. I kind of think, and I don't know, but especially after Darren was here, I'm feeling like that's a conviction that I want to hold on to pretty tightly, that a part of being a Christian life requires you to be poured into Mm -hmm. and to pour out. Yeah which I think is why Darren puts it here as such a critical point that it's, it's the way of Jesus that he's making disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, and that those disciples are being discipled and then making more disciples at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to say this, if you don't feel qualified to disciple, um, which I think has been me in the past and still kind of is to a certain degree. I was just meeting with a couple of the guys that I mentor, um, last week and talking to them about all these concepts. And I was like, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't (laughs) really know what to do with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you want out of me? And Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know. And so we talked about it for a while and Darren used these words. Um, he said, identify what God has given you. Mm-hmm. I love this. Be grateful for it. And then just give it away, whatever it is, because you were created with the image of God. Mm-hmm. Each of us yeah, um, adopted into the family of God at his, as his daughter or son. Um, And just, just because of that truth, we are worthy to disciple mm-hmm. others yeah. and still require discipling. That's really ourselves. good. That's a really good point. Huh? I'm curious this putting you on the spot, Jace, but if you felt like you were given something by God to yeah. give away to someone that you would disciple, what would that look like for you? Um, I think um,
1: a big part of who I am is making people feel safe and seen. And mm. there's like this deep rooted hospitality in me and I think that is part what's cool about my job here at the church um, in ministry is that's our, part of what I get to give away at the church is leading the hospitality team. And so I kind of look at each time I get to meet up with my greeters um, while I even do this imperfectly, it's a time to like, you know, hmm. pray and, and with the eyes that I've have been given from God and, and seeing the lobby at the way I see it, and try to instill that into other people. So it's like, it's, it's, um, micro discipleship. Maybe, I don't know. I love that. Um, maybe I shouldn't belittle it, but, um, yeah, I think that's what I'd say.
0: Cause you really do have a, a phenomenal gift that is cultivating hospitality and you're demonstrating to others how to care well for the guests at our church mm. because they're learning that gift of hospitality from you. I see that. That's cool. Amen. That's at least one way that you can do that. Yeah, totally. I'm sure sure there's a lot of ways. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I just did like, I was just, I was thinking about that before you asked that. So that kind of worked out well. I'm like, what does that look like in my life? That's great. Um,
0: Hmm. yeah, it'd be interesting to think about it more. What do you, how would you answer that question? I feel like a default in that realm for me lately has just been my love for scriptures Mm -hmm. and if I can somehow impart, not just knowledge about the scripture, but the sense that st- the Bible is amazing. Yeah. And if I can impart like a genuine love for the word of God, that's uh, that's amazing. That would be so cool. That's so good. You know? I think
1: you've sparked that in me even. Wow. And especially through this podcast. Really?
0: I remember like multiple times,
1: like just listening to you talk about The Bible, like I'm just usually just blown away. I'm like, ah, scripture is beautiful. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm just leaving like elated that we have this book, you know? Wow. That's
0: because of you. Praise God. Wow. Thanks. Thank you. Holy spirit. I'm also thinking like, like think about the way that people who are following Jesus would have observed him like interacting with the Samaritan woman at the well, like, Mm -hmm. Whoa, okay. This is breaking my categories. Jesus is exemplifying um that he doesn't live by the constructs of the world that say it's inappropriate for you to talk to a Samaritan and especially a Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. Instead, he says, "I'm going to choose to see the value in everyone because all people were created in the Lord's image." So good. And deserving of the Lord's love. So here I am with this woman. And disciples, here you should be as well when you go from this place, find similarly marginalized people and Mm -hmm. treat them the way that I've treated this woman. You know, I like, I hear that charge almost just in his action. Um, and so I hope that I'm the kind of person that makes people, especially the marginalized feel seen Mm -hmm. and known and cared for. Yeah. Last night at youth group, um, we had a bunch of pizza at the park and we were just giving it away for free to anyone who wanted it. So fun. And it was sweet. So the youth like went out and started inviting a bunch of people and said, Hey, come join us for pizza. Um, and it was fun. I, and I think every once in a while a youth group person will look at me and think, why does Benji just talk to that stranger who like looks kind of dirty and smells kind of weird? Like Mm -hmm. why, why does he engage with that person so comfortably? And it's because I've seen people engage with the marginalized really comfortably. And it's challenged me to yeah. do that myself. Wow. And I hope that that rubs off on the youth too. Totally. You know, I don't know. There's, there's little ways, but always in need of more, which is why it's a, bit a journey. Hmm. Huh. Totally. This is good. So if you're listening to this and you're not being discipled and discipling that's your homework assignment. <laughs> That's a really good homework assignment. That's a great, like identify someone on both ends. I, I called it somewhere in my notes, upstream and downstream discipleship. Yeah. So find, find someone upstream that can help you and someone downstream that you can help. So good. In the way of Christ. I love that. Wow. Uh, should we read the next contrast?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Um, I like starting with the consumeristic Christian Answer to this question. The question is, what directs my daily walk? And the consumerist or Christian answer is that they live empowered by their insatiable desires for more. Hmm. What does that mean to you? uh
1: I'm just thinking, like as a.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't know. I'm like. <laughs> I this is living empowered by their insatiable desires for more just feels like my human nature huh? more sure. than like kind of this consumer Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's kind of the whole point that like a consumer Christian hasn't gotten rid of their human nature a bit. Totally. Or, oh, that's well said. I think you're right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I would say it's, they're, they're just like, uh, um, kind of just needing whatever sounds good at the moment Mm. so it's like i need sleep i take nap now i need (laughs) sugar i want hostess donuts now all right (laughs) now i I don't know like you kind of like it's more whenever you have free time it's just doing exactly what you feel like you deserve wow i'm preaching the choir (laughs) and this is i mentioned this on the podcast with darren but like he he reframed whenever you say I deserve this is it's just like entitlement at its root. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, cause I, I for some <laughs> reason that just crept into my mm. daily rhythm, you know, mm. I get home, I, you know, Hey, can I just have 10 minutes just to, you know, veg on YouTube or whatever, or, you know, I, I get, um, zakai down for bed and it's like, oh, what sounds, what sounds great. You know? and Mm -hmm. it's xyz let me like satisfy
0: mm -hmm. that desire i
1: just want to like just feel comfortable whatever comfortable is Mm -hmm. ice cream a bath time i don't know what it is sure
0: which we uh, why the term consumeristic christianity works so well is because we live in an economy and in a culture that is wildly driven towards consumerism and there's I don't know, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions maybe. I, I would, could look up the statistic of how much money is spent on marketing every year. Oh yeah. Just to persuade us that we need something else mm-hmm. to be more comfortable, to be more at ease, to make life more convenient to and be it more works, entertained, you know? And it works
1: all the time. I read, I read speaking of Amazon, I read a a thing that said just this year alone, like year to date, Amazon has delivered like 11.8 billion of their own packages. Wow! Isn't that crazy? Wow!
0: That's so many packages. That's so many packages, and they're all like two-day shipping, one-day shipping. I need this now. Billion. I want the yeah. There's 330 million Americans, but that, those packages aren't just in the That's U.S. Crazy, I would think it's globally. That's probably because it, it was
1: about it was about there, like. Their supply chain, how oh, they've kind of built bubble. up their own UPS thing. That's crazy. It's still insane <sighs> either way.
0: Yeah, absurdly insane. Yeah, and we just need more, and we need it faster. Mm-hmm. Huh? And I, I mean, I've
1: just have felt so convicted just when things are regular speed. You know, hmm. like I just get impatient. I'm freaking what it was the other day. I don't know if like I, I don't remember what it was. But it was just, there was something that should take two minutes that took 15 minutes. And it was just like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is such a waste of time. Sure. Like, what's even the point? Wow. Um,
0: which is like so dumb. Like yeah. 15 minutes is not a long time. Totally. If it's something that's valuable. Yeah. Totally. Time. Maybe it's better because it takes time.
1: Mm-hmm. You probably value it more. Yeah. You know? mm mm-hmm.
0: This harkens back a little bit to what you said earlier, Um, but the words you were using just reminded me a lot of uh, what Paul says. So here we go, scripture. Give it to us, Paul. In Romans chapter six, he goes on about grace and how we're saved by grace, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Praise Jesus. And super true. We believe that. And then he asks, okay, well, if you're saved by grace, verse 15 in chapter six, what then Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. This is, I I just think these words are interesting. Paul's trying to reframe the way that we think. He's like, you're going to be a slave to something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Are you going to be a slave to sin, to the desires of your flesh? He says... Living in bondage, mm-hmm. or which is funny because that's just upside down of what the world says. Like the more you give in to the desires of your f- flesh, the world says that's the more freedom you have. Yeah. Wow! I, I get more. I get to desire myself, or I get to like satisfy the desires of myself more and more and more. Of course, that's freedom. I am financially free because I'm free to do whatever I want with my money, because. I want to spend a lot of my money. That's, I mean, freedom is like baked around that language. Yeah. The Bible flips that upside down and calls that bondage slavery Hmm. to your own flesh. Yeah. Um, and the freedom that God offers us is here called slavery to the obedience of Christ, which is where we find our ultimate freedom. I don't know. I mean, maybe these words are kind of weird for like postmodern Americans because we don't want to be slaves to anything. Totally. Um, but I think it's just Paul's kind of strong language to say, Hey, you will be discipled by something. You will be subject to something. Yeah. That's maybe that's a better word to say rather than slaves to something. You will be subject to something just by nature of being human. So are you going to be subject to desires that Mm -hmm. are going to lead to death Yeah, or subject to the king of the universe who is perfectly good and loving and wants what's best for you and to give you the abundant life, even though that abundant life won't look like what the world says the abundant life is. Oh man. It's incredible.
1: Like how, Oh, just like the world is just so, (laughs) uh, opposite of the way of christ it's like it's almost funny at times <laughs> it's like that's correct that's why are you thinking
0: of an example well like, I,
1: like even just what you said about how the m- more we give into our flesh the more free we are says the world wow and paul says the exact opposite wow um and i think if people are honest they feel it in their spirit you mm-hmm. know they feel it in their 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 the unhealth of their soul when you are just like torn all these places and just ravaged with discontentment because that's mm-hmm. where that's what the we now live in a world with endless possibilities and wow. endless things you can buy want endless things to be marketed towards you mm. from a consumeristic standpoint so it's just insatiable and it's anxiety inducing and depressing and all mm. like it, it's really intense and it's not until we realize that we have to uh, yeah. Be a, be a slave to something else. Wow, which is weird language too. It you know. Is weird. I, yeah, I think you said subject, and I think that might be better. But I, I, slave is more memorable in my mind. Yeah, because it, it, because it is like ah, it's you punchier. know, you've got to rest, wrestle with it. I want to like, I
0: want I want to figure out something that's
1: punchier. You know.
0: Well, I don't know that this is exactly what we're going for, but Plato, mm-hmm. um, not the like child. Substance that they play with, yeah, yeah. play dough.
1: I'll be honest, that's
0: exactly where my mind went. Really, yeah, I'm thinking of the ancient Greek philosopher Plato, Mm. (laughs) Mickey's dog, yeah, uh, no, oh, (laughs) dang it, Aristotle, Socrates, Mm -hmm. Plato, yeah, Mm. the forgotten planet. Go ahead, dang it, (laughs) 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 that's so funny. Um, Plato said, uh, this isn't christian language but it's ancient philosopher language mm-hmm. which i think we can glean a lot of truth from yeah and have an even more enlightened perspective on it as christians so this is what he said our reason is like a chari- charioteer the person standing in a chariot mm-hmm. and there are two horses pulling this chariot one is desire and the other is emotion interesting Interesting, right? Yeah. So he said the journey towards self-mastery is the journey to control your desire and your um, desire. Another word that he used was appetites Mm -hmm. as well as your emotions um, for the sake of what is reasonable for what is the higher good based on your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And what Plato often said is to know the good Uh, results in doing the good. Mm -hmm. So education is what we need in order to make the world utopia. That Mm -hmm. was Plato's answer. Yeah, Um, Which like on paper makes a lot of sense and in reality just doesn't Mm because you know Nazi Germany was one of the most educated nations in the history of the world Mm -hmm. when they did what they did. So (laughs) anyway there's a lot that could be unpacked there. But I like want to modify that language a little bit instead of reason being the charioteer. I like the idea of like, like us being in a chariot controlled by these wild horses, Mm -hmm. our appetites, our desires, maybe our emotions. I don't Mm -hmm. like that quite as much, but especially our appetites and desires. And we need to be trained by the Holy spirit to direct our desires and our mm-hmm. appetites in such a way that it's glorifying to God and that we stay on the right path. Yeah. In our chariot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. I guess I like that because I like the, the being as the charioteer, the rational mind. Um, I'm, I don't have the power of the horse. The horse is the one that's pulling me. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be subject? to the power that's pulling me or am i going to be lord over the power that's pulling me my appetites
1: wow yeah is that too heady no it's good i think it's good are you following me yeah i'm i mean i'm following you i (laughs) i I, I had a a question because to control our desires or steer them on the right like is there a i feel like i mean i know some of my desires are sinful sure is there like a way to is there a flip side to every desire that might be good? I or like, how, like even, how do you like transform a desire?
0: I would say, like, somewhere in like self mastery, self help culture, mm-hmm. people would say you can channel energy that's driving you towards cake. I don't mm-hmm. know. Say you want to eat an entire cake yeah. that's just dripping with delicious ganache. Sign sign me up. That looks awesome. Great example. But like that desire that is inside of myself is energy Mm -hmm. that can be spent elsewhere. Okay. So is there a way that I can channel it? I think is the word that's typically used Mm -hmm. um, in order to spend that energy in something else. So say um, like I find myself in in an agitated, angry place and I want to, my desire is to I don't know, punch a hole in a wall totally. or like go hurt someone. Mm-hmm. I'm not an, I'm not an angry person, so it's hard for me to associate with that. But, mm-hmm. um, instead I'm going to channel that energy towards a workout mm-hmm. and I'm going to lift heavy weights and then go for a 10 mile run. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: totally. I'm just, I'm curious, like, cause I know there are things that are to die in us. Is that oh. biblical
0: language? Yeah. Like sure.
1: to, to, Put to death our flesh mm. and those desires so it feels like I, I don't know I'm just like kind of wrestling with this idea of like there are things to get rid of to and like to not use that angry energy because then you're just having an angry workout you're wow. still like it's not rooted out in that example
0: that's cool
1: so I'm I'm not trying to like prove you wrong or, or fight you I'm on it but I'm just too. like
0: fight me I would <laughs> let's take this to the gym i'm
1: like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the least competitive or angry person as well so it's like let's just play cards um, yeah. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah so i'm not sure where i'm even going with this mm. but it's like i want to what i guess what is he what directs my daily walk live empowered by the spirit in everyday ordinary life is the radical discipleship mm-hmm. and yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think I, I went off a track and I'm kind of like stuck down in this, like, how do we get rid of our desires hole? Any thoughts?
0: <laughs> um, well, I put this other bit from Romans 8 on here. I don't know if this is going to help us, but starting in verse 12, Paul wrote, so then brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body, you will live. Interesting. Does that feel like what you're saying? Yes. So yeah. I'm I'm putting to death what mm-hmm. my flesh is trying to get out of me instead of channeling it or like mm-hmm. taking that energy and putting it towards something better. I'm yeah. just killing it. Yeah. I wonder what that even means. And then it says, true, for, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as children by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I love that adoption language makes me feel better than the slaves language that we read earlier, but it's all in the same book. It's all Paul trying to get at the same kind of point. But um, anyway... That maybe starts to hit at what you're talking about. I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking, let's say I have a fleshly desire that is not sanctified. And I, instead of like suppressing it, mm-hmm. recognize it and give it to the Lord in yeah. prayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the way to let it like die. Like in- inviting the spirit into that moment. Wow.
1: And I, I think, I mean, Pastor Jordan says this a lot, like, God, like God is always present with our authentic self, mm. which is a Brennan Manning quote, I believe. That's right. Nice. And I believe even Darren kind of talked about this, like just being honest with where we're at mm-hmm. so that we're not putting up a facade for God as well. Like we talked about earlier in the podcast, how we like might put up a facade and try to be the people that we want people to think we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we're able to just in our full reality, bringing that to Christ. I mean, I think, I think I was trying to reason this without the power of the Holy spirit. Mm. And that's probably the missing key is like, when we bring it to God, bring it to the spirit, that's where we will be like refined when we will like be reminded of our sonship and not our slavery to our, our sin.
0: I'm so grateful for you in this because I've, I'm, I've been feeling convicted and recognizing in this conversation mm-hmm. where I'm trying to represent the way of Christ, I think I represented the way of the world a little bit too much in my speaking because I'm like, oh, just like by your willpower, mm-hmm. take your energy and yeah. like channel it towards something that's good. Nowhere in there did I say, submit your will to the, yeah the omnipotence of the spirit. And so I'm so glad that you kind of corrected that because I think that's an example where I have been trained so much in the way of the world that I, I didn't even think of that as Mm -hmm. much of a worldly thought.
1: Totally. I think there is a Christian, Christian Christianese version of channeling your energy. That's maybe not even applicable here. So it's not like it's a bad concept, Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: It's incomplete.
1: It's incomplete. And I don't think you were, I mean, you're not advocating for the world, but it's interesting (laughs) to see how formed we are, Mm -hmm. you know, even just you realizing that in this moment of even just the self-help culture.
0: Wow. Which sounds like a good good thing, you know? Totally. But is incomplete often. Mm -hmm. It won't lead to life and life abundant, Mm. which is why Darren says not to walk in the way of self-help culture, but what directs my daily walk as a radical disciple, you should live empowered by the spirit in everyday, ordinary life.
1: And that's like the source of the energy too. The empowered, the power is in the spirit, not wow. in our desires. That's great. It's not in my
0: will power.
1: How'd how it take us like 20 minutes to land there? I mean, I'm, it's like in the thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Uh, you know, I'm glad it did because yeah. I feel like that was us processing like real consumeristic, like worldly stuff. Yeah. At least me that needs to be uprooted and you know gently redirected. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like that this is the way of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And we're what's kind of fun about the podcast. It's almost like we're modeling it. Yeah. While doing it in real time, which totally by accident, yeah. I know not what. trying to model it. It's not <laughs> like a facade, you know. I don't want to <laughs> advocate for the way of the world, Lord, help me. <laughs> but I feel like I kind of did. Um, wow. and maybe am way more than I even realize and Holy Spirit help us where that's happening. But mm-hmm. I think this was a cool example of it. Uh, we want to be empowered in everyday mm-hmm. ordinary life. Yeah. Whatever it is, even if it's my desire for a really fancy, uh, you know, coffee drink in the morning, Mm-hmm. Or the way that I treat my coworker or the way that I speak in traffic or the way that I'm parenting my kid in the middle of the night when they woke up because this one thing happened and Mm -hmm. it could be really irritating and like the, the the flesh is starting to come out because I'm exhausted. Yeah. It's like, how can I live even in my weakest, especially in my weakest moments, empowered by the spirit Mm -hmm. to direct my daily life?
1: Totally. Wow. That's so good. Whoa.
0: Yeah. I don't know all the practicals in that. I'm seeing
1: like a, like two like wall sockets, like one's (laughs) like the world, one's the spirit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like each moment we're like, ah, which one, like I really want to go here, you know, but it's like, like muscle memory says to go over to the world and like be better. Right. But like, what if I just sit in this moment, it takes, and that's the thing. It's like all takes action. Yes. I think that we're going to see that throughout this whole thing throughout the last series about shalom it all, like none of it can be passive. Mm. You're not gonna passively be empowered by the spirit. Like there has to be an action, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like I prayed this prayer one time, um, which like isn't in the Bible, you know? Yeah. And then like, you're just always empowered from the spirit from then on, Wow. you know? Oh, man, I, I wish that was the case. Like right. it's my prayer that like I am, but like I've spent, I... you know, however many 10, 15 years of my life not doing that. And so us being humans, us, from what we learned about psychology and the brain, it's like, we got to rewire stuff. Wow. And it's going to take intention to do that.
0: It will. Mm-hmm. And it's not all going to happen overnight.
1: Yeah. If you want to rewire a house, you pretty much have to take it down to the studs. <laughs> you're taking off the sheetrock. You're taking off the lighting fixtures. Oh man. Everything. So much. You're getting in the crawl space. That's right. Lot to rewire.
0: You've done that? you speak like you've done that that's cool i,
1: I mean i've done i didn't yeah, yeah. a little bit a little you know, bit i dabble in yeah. in rewiring
0: yeah jace is modest you actually do all kinds of things <laughs> you could you could build a house
1: i bet um yeah. Lot, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean, the thing is like YouTube, you can learn anything. Yeah. YouTube, how to build a house. <laughs> my brother and I did build a barn with my dad. Oh, that's right. You yeah. told me that. So, so cool. there was a little bit of practice there.
0: Let's go. Okay. I just want to say this before I forget it. That wall socket picture was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm imagining a human that does not follow the way of the Lord is just plugged into the world. This is my energy source. Yeah. My willpower, my whatever. Um, Because it is sustaining you, it is. You're alive. Hey, here we are. Yeah, thanks.
1: Yeah, it might not be good energy,
0: right? Sure. In some way, I guess there's another, like, even theological point where I'll say anything that is alive is being sustained by the Lord, to in order to exist. But that's a different thing than what we're talking about. True. Um, So I wanted to just sorry, I took it down a road. No, but you were right. You start. Um, In order to give your life to Christ. It's like unplugging from the world Mm -hmm. and plugging into the spirit. Yeah. Um, but then I think that visitation language could be used, which is the way of the consumer Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm plugged into the world by default, but then when the world fails me, Oh, let me, I remember actually the spirit is a better power source. So let me plug into the spirit right now because I really need it. And then once that trial is over, okay, cool. I'll unplug from the spirit and plug back into the world because that's my default. Totally. That's my muscle memory. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going to go. Um, and it feels like the journey of discipleship is reordering that muscle memory to slowly or or as quickly as possible, never plug into the world, Mm -hmm. but only plug into the spirit to the point where we're never removed from that socket. Yeah. I, I like that i like that picture a lot i think that's so good mm-hmm.
1: i think the us being plugged into the world is you just get a like uh i don't know i mean it's like it's like you're plugging in a tv you just get to like just get to watch it you know huh. and like you play, get plug- you like i need some spirit you go to the spirit and then it's like actually like it, it's like a power drill you gotta like do some work with, with, with what you got. And you're like, Oh, this was good for a little bit. It was a nice break from the TV. Sure. But I'm like, I don't want to like, I'm going to unplug because I don't want to keep doing work, you know? Yeah. And it's like kind of just coming to grips with like discipleship is work. Whoa. And then like, once you like, you once you realize like, this is good, the work is good. Even though I've been told it's bad my whole life, the work is good yeah um then you might just stay plugged in there and Mm. you know and just go at it
0: that's good
1: i don't know i love analogies i my mind always goes oh it helps i could take this analogy to where we're like have built a city at this point a couple (laughs) countries or trading and it's like whoa whoa, whoa. everything stands for something else (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) totally
0: But this is great because I I think that power socket language can land us in the concept of abiding, Mm -hmm. which is so essential to the teachings of Jesus. Come on. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says in John 15. Um, So abide in me as I abide in you. And as we're there plugged into each other, you will bear much fruit. But don't care too much about the fruit or else you're going to focus on the fruit and come unplugged you're going to like, there'll be a branch that falls out of the vine. Yeah. And then you have no more life. Um, or like river house language that we've used before is I don't want to visit the river. I want to live in the river, Mm -hmm. which are just different metaphors for getting at the same concept. Mm -hmm. So what directs my daily walk? Is it the river that I live in? Is it because I'm abiding in Christ? Is it because I wake up every morning and say hello to the Lord because he's my first thought and my last thought Mm -hmm. and I'm practicing the presence of God like Brother Lawrence or Frank Laubach or, you know, one of these like phenomenal, mystical, like St. Francis of Assisi kind of people. Mm -hmm. I want to be more like that. And because we have people like those to look to, it reminds me that Oh, actually abiding in Christ and praying without ceasing, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, is possible. Um, So let me not like shake my head or roll my eyes at that thinking it's just for the hyper spiritual or yeah. religious people. Um, It's the invitation from Christ to live in the abundant life. Boom. Take that where you will. Yeah. But if you're actually living in abiding that will affect everything that's the one-stop shop you know yeah or like the silver bullet you know yeah The like the one thing that that takes care of all of this like complex holistic discipleship stuff is just abide in the vine don't do you think is that yeah. oversimplifying it no
1: no i mean i i think that's that's what it's like it's not this heavy yoke it's not all these things Amen. it's not all this stuff it's if we can just get, get to Christ and his abiding and his community, that's it.
0: Why do we have to talk about it for an hour and 10 minutes when that was just it? You tell me. Man, we got it. <laughs> well, we Boom. got there. I think that's last, last episode of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll just, I don't know, go start a pizza shop or something. Cause we figured it out. Mm, I love pizza. <laughs> Well, it's a low-key dream of mine to have a New York style pizza restaurant someday. That'd be incredible. I know if I could live 15 lives, that might be one of them. But alas, God has called me to other things for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some announcements?
1: Yeah. Uh, we just want to like, you know, this being a discipleship podcast, we hope. Um, and us being a discipleship church, we hope. Um <laughs> We want to just like promote some opportunities for discipleship. One is the catechumenate class, yep, um, which starts in September. Uh, applications are still open for that. Uh, if you want to kind of just, you know, go after some things. Uh, <laughs> gosh.
0: You want to go after if some you things. You want to go
1: after some things. If you want to, <laughs> okay. I mean, this is, this is for like kind of developing a Christian leader through discipleship over a year long time. Yep. And I've heard some of the the thoughts of what's going to happen this year, and it's it sounds engaging and risk taking. I think it's going to be really good. Um, so we have that coming up. Uh, you can sign up for that it, on the events page. Costs it costs three hundred dollars. But we don't want that to be a mm-hmm. roadblock for anyone. Um, but just so we're upfront about that, just so you're aware, yeah. Uh, then we have Sunday school. Yep. Which costs
0: $0. Yeah. Well, actually... Oh, never mind. uh, Yeah, no, let me. it's okay. Uh, We're saying it right now, so it's okay. okay. Um, We're going to do like combo e-course and in-person course starting in September. Yeah, that's okay. And um, because the e-course platform costs us money, we're just going to... We're subsidizing it, but we're going to pass along a little bit of that cost. Okay. It's going to be $25. Okay. Which, you know, that's the cost of... An entree at Percy, which is a really excellent restaurant that you should tra- check out. Absolutely. So uh, hopefully that's not a barrier, but yeah. if it is or for four Sunday four coffees school, at yeah. Starbucks. Four, you know?
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, five, five coffees. Ch- you know? Truly. five lattes. Yeah, you're right. So it's like, if you go without coffee yeah. for five weeks or five days, depending yes. on what your rhythm is, you can pay for the Sunday school.
0: If you get Haley's Guilty Pleasure Starbucks drink, mm-hmm. that's only two and a third coffees from Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> Dang. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. It's an incredible drink. Mm, it's yeah. Like it's got the crazy stuff on the top. Oh, uh, the of it. foam. Yeah. That's what's up. You know. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it is. I was a I don't burst. Drink coffee, really. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And um, then... Oh, yeah. Can I also say, is Riverhouse yeah. School of Ministry... Yes, um, they're open right now. ...application is open mm-hmm. again right now just yeah. for a little bit of time. And that also starts in September. So there's yeah. a lot of ways to be discipled if you want it to just be a Sunday kind of discipleship, do Sunday school. If you want like a once every other week in the evening, midweek um, where you go through for a whole year in a cohort, do catechumenate. It'll really bless you. We've
1: both done it. It's incredible.
0: And if you're looking for something way more life on Mm -hmm. that's going to take like 20, 25 hours of your week and be super immersive disciple wise please check out the Riverhouse School of Ministry. Well said. It'll be cool. That was well put. Um, and please comment uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Yeah. We'd love your feedback. Totally. Um, shoot us an email at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com.
1: Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll also use those as comments as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just want this to be a more effective space for Mm -hmm. you so that this doesn't just enable anyone into a consumeristic Christian lifestyle, but actually changes, um, the way that we live to look more like Jesus. That's our hearts cry. So if we can do that in some way, please help us. And we appreciate,
1: we do get feedback every week. Um, and usually in person, but Mm -hmm. I just like the engagement. I think the engagement would be fun as even a community. So, Mm -hmm. um, to help with the engagement and to, if you want to watch on YouTube, um, Whoever posts how many drinks I took, this podcast gets a $5 Starbucks card. (laughs) Whoever posts it first. So, I mean, check it out.
0: That's a fun little thing. Yeah. Let's see. (laughs) Unfortunately,
1: to get that, I'm going to have to go through. and I didn't count this time. Shoot. So, I will have to go through and count. Okay. But I think it's a good challenge. Mm -hmm. So, first one to post. $5 $5 Starbucks <laughs> or $5 towards the next Sunday school.
0: There you go. You choose. <laughs> you choose. Are you going to satisfy the desires? Oh. Oh. I mean, if you want the Starbucks, I love a Starbucks. Yeah, no no shame. No guilt. Yeah. No shame. But there's... I, I mean, drink Starbucks like there's once
1: There's a mole holy option. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> we love you guys. Bye.
1: <laughs> We're out of here. We got to stop. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the deep waters podcast if you have comments questions or concerns maybe even a recipe or two please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com and if you would like to join us at riverhouse for sunday service we meet at the vineyard boise at 4 p.m we'd love to see you there we cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends our theme music was written and recorded by the riverhouse worship team Production is done by Jordan Soderman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.